from the business section of the New York Times, Investing Advice That Doubles as a Bookmark, by Paul B. Brown. Mastering the basics required to put together a solid financial plan is not too hard. Getting the most out of every investment dollar is. That is the message of two books aimed at helping you get your financial life in good shape. Let's start with some basic advice that is not only simple, but short. In fact, everything you need to know you can fit on a large index card. Or, at least, that's the view of Helene Olin, a personal finance writer, and Harold Pollack, a professor at the University of Chicago's School of Social Service Administration. They have created ten rules, such as save 10 to 20 percent of your income, never buy individual stocks, Max out your 401k and other tax-advantaged savings accounts that do indeed fit on an index card. The rules are printed on a card included in the book. These simple rules, they argue, will help to put you on the right financial track and keep you there. The appealing conceit behind their book, The Index Card, Why Personal Finance Doesn't Have to Be Complicated, Portfolio Penguin, which began life as a blog post by Pollock in 2013, raises two big questions. How well do the rules apply to the financial lives most of us have, and if you can capture them on an index card, why do we need a full-length book? To answer the second question first, the authors contend that most of us don't want to follow rules unless we know why they are rules. Their book, they say, explains how the rules work and why we chose them. They may be simple, but they aren't always self-explanatory. And the rules are good. Saving 10 to 20 percent of your income is difficult to do, but a great idea. And paying off your credit card balance in full every month just makes sense. You can invest all the money you were giving the credit card companies in interest. I particularly love the idea of holding your financial advisor to a fiduciary standard, a requirement that is more difficult to achieve than it ought to be. Today, many financial advisors merely follow what is known as a suitability standard. Here is how the Securities and Exchange Commission explains it on its website. Under this standard, your advisor must have a reasonable basis for believing that the recommendation is suitable for you. The problem with that, the authors correctly note, is the advisor can recommend something that is okay for you, even though there could be better options out there. Why would advisors recommend the okay choice? Because they make more money on it. Fiduciaries, on the other hand, have a legal obligation to put your interests before theirs and act in your best interest. The SEC is considering such a standard, and the Labor Department has proposed it for retirement accounts. But the authors say you don't have to wait. You can hold advisors to that standard by having them sign a statement promising to do so. The book even provides sample wording. All this is terrific, but the difficulty with simplifying anything so that it fits on an index card is that you have to leave stuff out. Even in their extended discussion, the authors are not great on explaining how asset allocation works. And while subtracting your age from 100 to determine what percentage of your investment should be in stocks has long been traditional advice. With people living longer, it might be too conservative today. I'm in favor of subtracting your age from 115.
Similarly, the author's idea of having 15% of your stock holdings in international funds is old-fashioned thinking. Today, many financial planners suggest a minimum of 20%, and the authors don't even bother talking much about what bond funds to buy. Still, as a place to begin, the advice is sound. A primary purpose of creating a solid portfolio is to make sure you'll have enough money to live the way you want once you stop working. That's the focus of the veteran financial writer Jane Bryant Quinn in How to Make Your Money Last, the Indispensable Retirement Guide, Simon & Schuster, which is geared toward those who are retired or soon will be. But the normally reliable Quinn falls a bit short. She's trying to address about every financial concern people might have once they have retired, and that is impossible to do in any depth, even in the 350 pages.